Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball. Today, I'm joined by Matthew Phillips. As those of you who check our feed regularly know, we tend to do a post-game podcast after almost every game. But it being the final preseason game last night, and Luca and Porzingis and Hardaway not playing, Josh Bowe and I just sort of opted to say, hey, you know what? We have a lot of basketball ahead of us. We don't want to over-talk, and maybe we should just not do a podcast. So I signed off for the evening and went and played video games and went to sleep and woke up this morning to like, I don't know, a hundred messages in our Slack. Uh, and I was very confused about what all has happened. I have checked online and I have a idea of, of what has transpired. I, I, I should have known they were making post-game cuts, but sometimes they wait on those a few days. Um, but, uh, I brought Matthew on because he was awake during all of it. Uh, so, so Matthew, what's up? All right. So what happened basically is immediately after the game, they cut Farron Hunt, Carlick Jones and Tyrell Terry. I think that was done as a courtesy to those players. Um, I, in the Slack mentioned that I thought that it was a little rough that they had to be in the post game thing and then just immediately cut. Cause they were cut within like within a matter of minutes after the game. I mean, that, that makes me think it was, like, yeah. almost done before, like, this was not, like, a, a pre-game known thing, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think it was. And it's done, and honestly, for those players, it is more convenient for them the earlier they're cut because they can try to catch on with somewhere else. And as soon as the Mavs know that they're not there, that they're not going to be with them. So they were immediately gone. Um, Carlick Jones and Farron Hunt were pretty much always known to be gone. They were just camp bodies to play. It's in the disappointing because I really Which, like Hunt. I, I I mean I don't really know what kind of career the guy might have, but he he he. I liked Hunt. I like Jones too. I mean they're both like twenty like twenty three years old, which you know they're just a lot more developmental basketball. They they're just further along in their games. Yeah, I mean they they both seem fun. Uh, the the running joke that we have had that. Uh, Josh Bowe has mentioned several times, and I agree with him. It's just that, you know, they're nobodies that we're assuming we're going to be cut and everything, but they also looked better than Josh Green in uh-huh. both of the preseason action, which I don't want to be too bad on Josh Green because yesterday was definitely his best game as a uh, – was definitely the best of his preseason games. He did show some positive flashes. Yeah. Um, so I definitely don't want to, you know – Sure. No, but, it, but I mean, that's, that's the comparison point because when you're comparing end-of-bench guys, you're you're kind of – grouping them together and saying, all right, what can this guy bring in a potential emergency situation type thing? And at the moment, I don't think it's unfair to say that Josh Green has a ways to go, whereas those two are probably the best they're ever going to be. Like, they're not NBA players, but they're certainly professional basketball players somewhere. Oh, so. absolutely. And I think I think if they want it, I don't – I mean, there's obviously life choices involved in this. But right. if they want it, they both have a career overseas. Um, they don't. They might not be re- willing to go that route just yet, but they do. And then this morning, in the continuation of those moves, which caught a little, a uh, couple of people by surprise, um, especially after Tyrell Terry, who a lot of people had high hopes for after he was cut, the Mavericks signed EJ Onu and uh, Justin Jackson, old friend Justin Jackson, who, uh, uh, you know, he he's back. Um, to a lot of Mavs fans, have you know, semi strong feelings on and. I am generally not, but the, the main difference with them is, is that Tyrell Terry was on an NBA contract. He was one of the 15 roster spots that they could have. These two players are both, there's some cap logistics. Um, they are, there's some, some technicality 
but essentially they are signed to G League contracts and they are going to play with the with the G League team. So they they are it's not a like for like switch to say like oh the Mavericks chose Justin Jackson over Tyrell Terry because they didn't. Um, that's just not. And I would also argue that anything as far as Tyrell Terry that Tyrell Terry chose not to be with the Mavericks more than the Mavericks chose not to keep Tyrell Terry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a good jumping off point. Someone on, I want to say it was the live stream for um, Nick and Isaac's show last night. I got a couple of messages about this overnight. Suggested that Terry might have actually parted ways with the Mavericks in the beginning of training camp, like right when he was sent away or right when he left for personal reasons. Like really, he might have actually been sent away. That both sides probably agreed wasn't working out so they had to move on from him and whatever happens with that what whatever the reason was it is simply nothing short of an absolute fucking disaster of a pick yeah what do you i mean so i definitely agree that the the what I would characterize it is as far as choosing to go another route is that I'm not a big fan of this word, but the, the common word for it would be that the Mavs are all in on vibes and the importance of vibes this season. Sure. And sure. That, yeah. that is the thing is that they are a team all chemistry. In. Yeah. They are, they are all in on that this season. And like, they're, they are counting on having immaculate vibes, overcoming slight, uh, slight to possibly major tactical disadvantages, depending mm-hmm. on your opinions. Um, and so if Tyrell Terry was at all not pulling in the same direction as everyone else, then I think they just decided, you know what, he weighs 160 pounds anyway. The history of guys who are that size ever really contributing that much is just, yeah, he can shoot, but it's just not worth it to risk. We've done all of this. I mean, we've given up one of the best tactical coaches in the NBA. Um, I know that everyone on Mavs Twitter and Facebook is – in a rush to to claim victory after some preseason games. And sure. I, I don't want to to sour the mood. Like it's it's great. I'm glad that everything is going well, but I would tap the brakes on the victory laps until we actually take a real lap, until we play some regular season games that matter. But if they are willing to do all of that to to get the vibes ready, then a guy who is not around the team is I mean, it, it's really kind of a small sacrifice to make. And yeah. where the pick is, it's already – the problem is, is that I think is that I think the team thought a lot of the same way, uh, if you listen to The Ringer, uh, Kevin O'Connor and Bill Simmons, after the draft last year when they were doing all their stuff, they basically said that Tyrell Terry was a like-for-like like replacement for Seth Curry. Which is just and unfair. I, like, that's such a patently unfair, unfair thing to do to him. Yeah, that's unfair. That is incredibly unfair to both of them. <laughs> One, uh, like Seth Curry is a much better basketball player than sure. that, just in general. He right. is, and I mean, that's just, and two, he didn't become who he is immediately. Like he bounced around for a little that's bit. That's true. And it wasn't, he was a guy for a while. He played on like four different teams before he really stuck. Yeah. It's not like Seth Curry just came in and, hey, shoot. And I mean, I, I get the undersized shooter and everything, but I think they thought that. And I really think Tyrell Terry thought that too. Because Tyrell Terry was not really your normal second round pick in that he was the ringer pumped him up quite a bit. Um, I know he did a one on one sit down interview with Kevin O'Connor. Like there's a whole article on the ringer about it right. and about all of all of the things that he was going to be able to do. And I know uh, KOC had him, I believe, eighth overall on his board, which is 
pretty not crazy great. in retrospect. Uh, yeah, not 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 great in retrospect. But you know, every, I mean, everybody has this. I I get. I was super high on him too, so I'm not yeah. at all trying to. Um, I, I understand why he was high on him, but I think what happened is is that Tyrell Terry thought that he was going to come in and basically get Seth Curry's role. Like mm-hmm. he was going to get to come in and be the shooter, the undersized shooter that is able to play because of Luca's size. Right. And you know, the team needs shooting around him and he was just going to come in. And then when that didn't happen, and I'm sure Carlisle was rough on him because he's always rough on small guards. He gets the most out of them. But part of that is by being rough on them. Right. And that that's just a situation that he hasn't been in. And, and so it just ended up being, he wasn't happy. And, you know, that's one of the things that we've been mentioning with the the players now is that being happy, like it matters in your job performance. And it's not just for professional athletes, for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're not happy, if you're miserable, then your performance suffers. And I think it's pretty clear that he was not happy. And so both sides just basically decided it was probably better for them not to be together. And I mean, it's basically just a toxic relationship. And so they just both everyone moved on, which I do want to clarify. I'm not trying to say that as if I have inside knowledge that is so, no, 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 far. this is all neither do I. We're just kind of reading into the, 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 this sort of thing. And, you know, as the season goes on, we're all going to kind of forget about this. I, I do think that less, you know, people are, have really grossly misunderstood my intent of what I've been talking about when it comes to, you know, these picks, Josh green, Terry, whatever, going back before the 2020 draft, our site from all of us who disagree on things all the time agreed that it was extremely important that the Mavericks use this last time to get cheap pieces, meaning cost-controlled pieces through the draft, and, and they need to be something. And they had three bites at the apple after trading Josh Richardson. They had the 20th pick. Was it 20 or was it 19? It Whatever. Was, yeah. They they had the they had a late you know mid to late first round pick, thirty first pick and the thirty sixth pick and at the moment all three are are not looking like two of the three are no longer with the team and then the third piece is not looking like he's going to be able to contribute in his second year at the moment doesn't mean that can't change but that's very it's just it becomes more difficult when you whiff on these things. Dirk, you know, was able to paper over a lot of those problems during probably after 2005 when they when they traded for Devin Harris. They never really had a good draft pick again under Dirk until Luca came along. There's like a 13 year gap between decent draft picks. And that's I mean, I guess you could consider Roddy Bobois, but even he was kind of they misunderstood his value and, and let that thing go to waste. And so it's like when we talk about these things, there's not so much like a sense of of. It's not on the players. It's more on the team mindset where if you, you know, understanding the draft is kind of difficult to begin with. If you don't take it seriously, which I, the Mavericks just, there's, there's evidence of this. Like we have, you know, 25 years of it where, you know, you get lucky twice. That doesn't make up for the fact that some of the other picks that they made were really bad at the time. And so it's, it's, you know, when we talk about those sort of things, that's where we are. Now, for a team like this, it doesn't necessarily matter. Luka is really, really good. It's just as they go on when they're capped out and they have less and less flexibility, that's where those pieces start to matter. Like the the Warriors have Jordan Poole, who is looking like a potential sixth man of the year candidate in the preseason. Of course, that's all hype, but he just looks great. And and the Mavericks don't have that, and they're not going to have that. 
And it's you just kind of have to hope with the team construction that none of this ends up mattering. And again, I'll, I'll say it clearly. It likely will not matter at all. It won't matter for the team right now. Like, whoever that was probably wouldn't play much. But where it does matter is that, like, the moves on the margins, it, it's not so much them, but, like, if we want to – we don't have assets. This is why we – this is one of the big reasons yes. why we failed to to make assets is I'm going to promise you, like, I, I'm not going to pretend that I've gone around to every website and done this, but if you go to other websites and teams that are trying to come up with trades, other teams – like, other teams' fans are not like, you know who we should get? We should try to get the Mavs to throw in Josh Green in this deal. Like, we should try to get this deal. We should get Josh Green. Or before we, we cut him, we should get Tyrell Terry. Or yeah. we should get Tyler Bay. Like, there's not, that's not a thing. Like, uh, teams, when we talk about getting people, we didn't have the assets to get an, an expiring contract, Goran Dragic, for a team that is that is trying to lose. Like, the Raptors right now are actively, like, they would like to lose this. I don't think they want to say that. Um, because they have no, one they're going to play hard, and it's probably going to be the end result. Yeah. yeah, but they, they, I mean, they do not want to win, and we do not have the asset. I mean, if we included Josh Green, I guess maybe we could do, maybe they would do that, but even still, I'm not sure they would have taken Green for him, whether or not it would be a terrible process for the Mavs to do it. But all of this, like missing, and this is the big point that I think needs to be made, Missing on a non-lottery first-round pick is not a big deal. Like, no. it happens. It ha- happens. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the norm. It happens like. most of the time. The problem for the Mavs is not that they missed on any one or two picks. It's that they missed on all of them. It, it's essentially, it's, it's not that it's, hey, you know, we did this and we could have, and we could have had, like, anybody can go back and, and look and be like, hey, we could have done this. The thing is, this was bad process because, every, like, the, the Desmond Bain thing, and yeah. even the Sadiq Bay, who I was not a huge fan of, none of those are second guesses when people say that everyone they were first guesses. Yep. Everyone was talking about them beforehand, yep. which uh it, it just it's just mind-boggling at times that we we benefited from it in a way that leads to to like we benefited from other teams making mind-boggling decisions in the fact that essentially four teams had or three teams had to decide three to four teams, depending on how you feel about the Grizzlies, had to decide that, you know, Luka's not that special and he's not game-changing. And because we benefited from that is what's going to make this end up not mattering. But at the same time, like, you look at stuff and, and it's like, how are people that get paid to go study this and, and study film and do all this, how do they not realize that some of these guys just can't play? Or how, how do they not realize that some of these guys are so special? Like, yeah. with Bain, there was a clear-cut plug-and-play fit. He is he is much, much bigger than Tyrell Terry, but offered, I don't know, I don't want to say the same level of shooting, but offered the same shooting upside, or if not better, because of his oh, I mean, had a pro, like, had a much larger statistical profile. Absolutely, and he's bigger, and he's solid defensively in a way that would allow Rick Carlisle to play him. Like, he's the kind of, like, because everyone says, I know all of the stuff that Rick wouldn't play rookies, Rick wouldn't play rookies. Rick doesn't play most rookies, but if you look at it, there's a type that he has played. He played Jay Crowder a decent bit on a team that was trying to win when he was young. He played, he played Dorian Finney-Smith. I know that was a different situation, but he played Dorian. Like, Desmond Bain would fit into that type of guy that would have gotten more minutes if he was here, and that he would have provided solid value, he would have been gritty, and his shooting would have been very helpful. 
Um, Sadiq Bay, I am not as high on as some people because he—it's sure. not that I'm not as high on. He's just—he's a different type of player than I think people think. He's a big shooter more so than a three and D wing, but right. that's neither here nor there. But he sure. obviously—I no, know what you mean. He is a much better basketball player than Josh Green right now. And yeah. like I said, I, I hate to be negative on Josh Green at the moment because, like I said, we saw positives yesterday. Sure. The, but it's I think he's going to get more. I think he's going to get some opportunities to show who he is. And it's just this this whole conversation is, is largely mitigated by the fact that Luca exists. It's just we would like a little bit more because when you see other teams that have like like age superstars, they've done better at drafting. And now that you know a lot of this, I mean, all of this is on Donnie Nelson, but I think Cuban bears a, a fair amount of responsibility for the culture that he engendered and. You know, it, it, it is what it is. I, I, I don't want to beat the bush too much about any of, of these guys. I'm glad that we were able to kind of come on and explain, you know, because it was great seeing a couple of our staff members being like, what is Justin Jackson on the roster? Which, I mean, he's, he's you know, he's not going to be. And yeah, that he's would not. be, yeah. Like yeah, if they, had, <laughs> if they had chosen him, like, I was ready to be done with Tyrell Terry um, just because, the best, like we've said this a few times and mostly not referring to him, but the best ability is availability. And just, if you're not there, you can't learn. And then like, it's just, there's a lot of things. I didn't want to get into the, the too much stuff with him. Cause I don't know him. Sure. And because uh, I think that it is very dangerous to start assuming stuff. Cause I'd heard it termed as mental health. And I think it is very dangerous to start going into, I don't want to say like dangerous might not be the right word. But I know. Yeah, it is it's just easy to misspeak and you don't want to say the wrong yeah. thing and neither did I. I mean, it's, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where you, the greatest availability or the greatest ability is availability. And he has just not been around a ton. And that, you know, that, that has, has made a lot of this much more difficult to, to talk about because we would have liked to have seen him play more basketball and he got hurt at summer league after it didn't look good. He didn't really look good and and his time with the Mavericks at any point because he's always on with Boban. And you know, I just I don't necessarily feel he he got a fair crack at getting a chance to play. But when you're a second round draft pick, you have to kind of make the most of your your circumstances. And and it's at this point, since he's no longer with the Mavericks, it's you know, it it, it kind of is what it is. Yeah, and I think to put a bow on that, because I think we're we're done with he's done here. We're I don't think there will ever be a situation where he comes back in any uh since so i would just say we wish him the best uh as we as a person and as a player and if he goes somewhere else that is good for him um and we hope for the best uh but transitioning from him it does make sense to go to the person that uh is probably most impacted by that which is trey burke yeah. um who is still going to be on the mavericks now um yep. um and i will let you say whatever <laughs> you would like to say about no, no, trey I mean, it's burke it's 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 yeah. worth, you know, I think we would have, you know, given some of Cuban's statements, I think we would have uh, been surprised were, you know, a month ago and knowing where Trey Burke stood that he would still be on the team. But when uh, another player is just not really able to be with the team, it kind of becomes a moot point. You know, they had 16. We had been wondering for months because they had 16 fully guaranteed contracts. They were going to have to cut someone with you know, the, the value of hindsight now, we're able to to know that ter- or that there at least there's str- I feel that that they knew something was up with Terry way back like this, this and, and we just we didn't. So maybe it was a non-starter from the get go. 
actually, yeah, it's they said something. Um, I can't remember who it is. I want to say it's Bobby Corolla. Um, said that it was actually the final roster decision was between Tyrell Terry and Frank Nalikina, mm. which, um, saying that, um, that is very interesting to me because I wouldn't think that they would fill remotely the same roles. And I was very pleased with what I saw from, from uh, the French Prince during the preseason mm-hmm. because he, he looked very good defensively. Um, I had actually been a little concerned about that because I have not watched enough Nick, Nick games to pretend like I have a huge eye test view and some of his defensive analytics numbers the last couple of years have not actually been as great as his reputation would suggest. Right. But he, uh, he looked really good defensively to be the type of defender that, um, that we kind of want Josh Green to be, where he's just the guy that just hounds opposing point of attack players, point guards, gets through screens and everything. And he seemed to be able to do that so far in the preseason. And he's had some really, really nice offensive moves. He had a Euro step in one of the games uh, that was just really smooth. He just, he looked good. He, yeah. he, you could see why he was drafted where he was drafted. And I thought that he had clearly made the team. And so to hear that, I was like, Man, that would have been. I think. Uh, I think Jordan in the Slack said he w- we would have rioted, and uh, we disagree on just about everything. And I was, I was like, yep. I was like, we're a hundred percent there. Yeah. And so, I, I think what that boils down to is that they think that Trey Burke can help the team win this year, and they understand that the margins are relatively slim. And yeah. like you know, two probably the- not going to play much. Like it's it, he's probably not going to play much. And you know, the nice part about being over the cap like this is that were something to be, you know, he, he seems to be trying to put on his most professional face with all the things that he's saying now in relation to a lot of the things that he did prior to the start of the season, whether through his Instagram and whatnot. So I mean, he likely knows it's, it's, in, in, it's in his best interest to simply not make any waves and play basketball. Absolutely. And, and I mean, there's that and i mean everything else has already been discussed ad nauseum and there's no point getting into that and everyone has their opinions and absolutely no one is going to change their opinion based on what you or me say on podcast (laughs) i'm not getting so there is uh which is actually not normal for me so i'm just not going to argue something that uh that is pointless but the the deal with trey is is that he is he is the type of player that can be a microwave he can get hot and he can legitimately change the outcome of maybe two to three games and that is and that two to three games given where the Mavs are on the wind curve could legitimately be the difference between home court or not home court in in the playoffs and or if things go poorly it could be the difference between the play-in and the six seed or I mean like they're in different places so it's just it's hard for them to make cuts that that could actually legitimately hurt the team for a guy who's not going to be there and so that's I mean, that's what I see. Well, this has been good. This is what I wanted because I know we needed to at least address it because a lot of these things happen. And I mean, you know, our site is sometimes we get people get confused where it's like, oh, you do this for work. And it's like, no, we're all just fans. And it's really easy to get mixed up in some of the like back end roster details and the way that these things get announced through like has been, you know, they've requested waivers and like some of the like, contractual terminology gets really confusing so when you see three guys get cut or, or realistically like waived and then and then you see two more guys get signed and it's like well we know they have to have 15 like what is happening here and so it's like that's sort of just this the walking through the mechanics and understanding that two of those guys are you know it's it's a matter of wanting to hold their rights 
it's, it should be helpful for people. So thanks for hopping on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, we'll talk uh, again soon. Uh, this has been Kirk and Matthew. Everybody have a nice weekend.